This is the landing page optimization uh, session of the instruments briefing. Uh, the title is Increasing Conversion by 150% and Lead Generation by 5,722% with an effective call to action. There are many caveats to this, and I can tell you right up front that it's more of a soap opera than it is a case study with uh, twists and turns that are quite surprising. Many times we take a short case study showing you specific results, then we move to another case study and show you specific results, and then draw some learnings or insights from these. Today we're going to take almost the entire session drilling down deeply on one particular set of experiments with one particular case. But that is because we think there are implications on this uh, experiment or from this experiment that will have significant impact overall in how some of us think regarding email capture, regarding step-level conversion, and uh, regarding the way we conduct a test itself. So we've got to begin by asking some questions. At first, we're going to be looking at a subscription site, but I want you to bear in mind that even if your product is not a subscription product, the implications of this test for other aspects connected to retail are uh, very, uh, very fascinating. I want to suggest to you that many of us are failing to truly realize that even as retailers, there is a lead generation kind of opportunity inherent in the nature of online retailing and e-commerce. So often I'll look at a site that's doing 5,000 transactions or 1,000 transactions in a day or even 500 and not realize that there's another opportunity besides the revenue generated from the sale of a given product that the transactions themselves represent an opportunity and that along with the transaction opportunity, there's an opportunity inherent with the actual visitors to the site. But we have... We have hurt ourselves because we think in categories, we think in silos, we think I'm in e-commerce and somebody else thinks, well, I'm in lead generation, somebody else thinks I'm in services. But if you'll stop and think about the last 10 years, you'll find that many of the big providers have learned to combine services and software, for instance, to get a maximum revenue picture. And we're beginning to do away with some of these hard walls that define our categories. And I want to challenge you that if you're a retailer, you need to ask yourself if your real business is selling a particular widget or if in actuality you're building a community of customers and you haven't realized that or you're actually, in actuality you are a transaction driver and the only one making money on your transactions is your merchant account. Uh, that's a mistake. Adequacy is the enemy of excellence. You've heard me say it many times. I didn't think of it. I think it was Drucker that said it first but I've never forgotten it. It's a valid claim. So here's the questions we began to ask that led to the case study. Which changes will produce the best conversion results when optimizing a call to action? Can distinct approaches be combined to increase both cells and leads? Now, in the next sentence, I'm going to, I'm going to use one key word that I want to go back to and I want you to think about as we kind of unfold this case. Previous test results have shown that one change is typically a trade-off. Trade-off is the key word I'd like you to think about. John uh, is, is working the slides for me as I'm speaking. John, 
I don't mind you taking us out of presentation mode on the left side in the PowerPoint, and I want you to take the word trade-off, and I want you to hit it with a red uh, font or some highlighted of some in some way. We've found that you can typically test one part of a process and get a conversion gain, but on the other hand, experience a trade-off so that the gain benefits you on this hand and it uh, more or less takes away the hand. It has a negative impact on direct conversion but increases overall conversion, for instance, if it's used in conjunction with, say, a basket recovery effort. Now, let me try to make that clear for those of you that are trying to follow me. Let's suppose you're a lead generation site or you have a service and you try to create leads for your service. This applies to retail in a different way, but just think about lead generation. If the marketing experiments team were to improve conversion, get more people into the funnel, even more people to complete the process, what you're liable to determine is that the quality of the leads go down. So how do you balance the trade-off? How do you increase conversion without uh, decreasing the quality of your leads? And we have found a way to do that. We've created a filter system for it. But the same dilemma applies in many other areas. And I'm going to show you how it applied, these trade-offs applied in a subscription site. And then I want you to consider how they might apply even in an e-commerce situation. So in this particular uh, briefing, we're going to look at a case study in which changes to a call to action increase direct step-level conversion by 150% and lead generation by 5,722%. Now, uh, lest that sounds glorious, step-level conversion is essentially the conversion from one step to the next in a series of steps necessary to actually uh, acquire the credit card number or to close the transaction. This is not conversion over the entire process. One of the things that I don't want to ever do at, at Marketing Experiments is uh, is roll out numbers that are deliberately designed to make the test look more successful than it was. But as we understand it, and based on all of our data, and this has been validated, there was a 150% increase from one step to the next, and there was a massive increase in lead generation. Uh, but there was also a negative, and we need to understand that. So let's move to the next slide, and let's get down to the specifics. We conducted this test for a reference book publisher with whom we have had a long-term successful partnership. The company has a genuine value proposition. Its research articles are written by trusted experts. It offers a free trial. And in our first set of tests, uh, we saw a conversion increase of 100% plus for our partner. I think it was 115% once we normalized it. Uh, I would say that of the two tests that were conducted, if I understand this paragraph proper I'm looking at it in my own notes and that you're looking at, really only the first test resulted in an across-the-board uh, transactional increase of significance for this partner. The second test worked good in its limited environment but did not roll out across the entire operation. So here we were wanting to actually get yet another result for them. And so we implemented the test I'm going to show you now. The previous test results had shown that adding email capture in general has a negative impact on direct conversion. Now, fortunately, 
uh, here at Marketing Experiments, we have, because of our relationship with uh, Marketing Sherpa, who, uh, as you know, is a sister company, and then because of the sciences in MEC Labs, we have the world's largest library of case studies and experiments. I think that's an accurate statement, certainly the largest library I know of and I've, that I've heard of. And we can use that to kind of predict how something may or may not turn out. And what we've seen is that generally adding an email capture at the wrong point in the process can, can have a negative impact on the immediate conversion of the sale. However, it can still increase overall conversion because when you take that email address you captured and use it effectively, you can often remarket to those people and the net net is at the end of the month you've made more money because you approached it this way. You've also built a much stronger list which has its own intrinsic value. We use that as the premise for this test design. Capture leads for a basket recovery campaign and use that to try and increase conversion through to the free trial offer. As I begin to explain this test to you, I'm joined by uh, Gabby Diaz. Uh, Anna Diaz, I think, is her formal name. We all call her Gabby. She's uh, a, uh, a senior analyst here in our firm, and uh, she's oversaw this test, and she's very capable. We also are joined, are joined by a number of my team members. I think Jimmy Ellis, who you've all heard in previous calls, and, and others, Aaron Rosenthal from the Scientist Group. But I want to point out that Bob Kemper, who oversees the, the metrics and sciences and testing methodology, and uh, many of you have heard him in our certification classes. Bob's going to be joining us, and he may talk about the numbers as we proceed as well. So the setup for the test was pretty simple. You add an email capture field to the current call to action, and you give visitors a reason to enter their email address, and you follow up with a friendly customer service-oriented email for the visitors that actually don't complete the process. Now, you understand you can do this in retail. I did this in retail in an e-commerce site, and we, we captured immediately 4,000 abandoned orders. Now, I knew it cost them $22 to get someone in the cart. So do the math. When we went back and rescued 4,000 lost orders, that was 4,000 times 22 in, in captured revenue. And mind you, that was just in the beginning. It continued and it continues to this day. With that behind us in terms of experience, we designed the test. Gabby, I'm going to ask you to step in now, if you would, and just talk to us about the design of this test. Explain the chart that we have here in, in this, on this particular slide. Sure. Um, what you are seeing right now on this slide is, uh, is a diagram that uh, gives an example of the two treatments that we run and uh, basically illustrating the funnel for each treatment. The first one being the control is the article page which, ha which had the call to action. Then that leads the visitors to the free trial activation and finally to the confirmation. The new treatment that we tested, uh, we changed uh, the call to action in the article page and that leads to the same free trial and the confirmation as well. However, if uh, the visitors didn't complete the sign-up for the free trial. We had an email recovery, email recovery system in place to send emails or reminders uh, to the visitors uh, to complete the, the free trial. So the letters that you see, CTR stands for click-through rate. What does LGR stand for, Gabby? Lead generation rate. Lead generation rate. 
And then the next one, the CR stands for, tell them, Gabby? Conversion rate. That is correct. So that's what those letters are, and you're looking at a, a diagram of the path. We're going to be granular. If you're on this call right now and you're saying, okay, how does this apply? Just stay with me because I have to be granular. I have to, I have to consider you a sophisticated audience if I'm really going to serve you well with this particular case study. So uh, with, that, with that particular design in place, we had essentially a primary research question, and that is which article page will produce higher lead generation and free trial conversion rates? You know, we, we, want, we wanted to see both. But before we answered the main question, we always have secondary research questions, and our secondary question was this. Will adding email capture on the teaser article page decrease its click-through rate? So most of you are familiar with the teaser page. That's where you get to see a part of the article, but you have to sign up to get the rest. And let's look at one of those pages. And if you see – go ahead, John, move us forward. Look at the actual diagram. Do you see the green button? All you're looking at is the page with a blow-up uh, on the left so that you can see it a little bit clearer. It's an article about dogs. You're seeing the beginning of the article. It tells you that you've read 75 of 10,775 words, and it, which is pretty smart, by the way, don't you think? It tells you how much more there is to come. Then it says get the full article with a free trial. I think the arrow is intelligent. Uh, smart button design when you're trying to get people to move sequentially in their mind through a process. Uh, it's ugly to have the link underlined and be in italics, but the underlining uh, makes everyone understand that this is a link, uh, and so you have the emphasis of both the link and the button. And this is what we had as our control. This worked very well for us in previous tests. This produced a significant gain, but now we're trying to beat it. So what do we do? Uh, this is the next piece. Watch with me and look at how we change the button. So now you see the same, the same piece. It says to read the full article, activate your free trial. Then it gives you a very intelligent reason for, for the email address. Uh, that's a never just ask for an email address, justify it. And instead of saying, you know, having the email or register or any of those negative words, it says tell us where to send your login instructions. Uh, just to my own team, one of the things that we might do in the future is consider that login instructions makes it sound too hard to see the rest of the article. It may be that conversion drops not just because of the fact that we asked for an email address, but because we suggested it was going to be a complicated process to come back and read the article. I'd, I'd like all of us to consider that as we're designing our next set of tests. But going past that, notice the Activate My Free Trial button that we have here uh, at present. We have another, another version of the arrow, but we tried to capture the email first. So I want to stop. I'm going to stop for a moment, and I'm going to walk over to the screen and ask, does my audience have any questions, or can I move on? The pace will pick up once I'm sure I've laid the foundation properly for you. And we'll kind of move through this. But does the audience have any questions I need to answer? Uh, I see Stuart saying, great so far. That's good. And others saying, good. I'm listening. I'm watching. How many email capturing boxes are appropriate? I'm not sure, Richard, I understand that question. You might want to rephrase that so I can, so I can help you. All right. Everyone, the, the, the color factor is a good question. Why did you move to orange is a very good question. I would have designed the test probably with green because green was the original color on the button. I'm not sure why we used orange. I'd like to sound clever, but I'm not sure of that. 
what I do is follow what most of the audience is asking me to do, and that's to continue. So let's let's keep going. All right, so that's what we did. Let's discover the results. All right, so now we're trying to understand what we actually achieved here. All right, there's a nominal difference and there's a relative difference, and and that may not make a lot of sense. But the bottom line for you is when you consider the control and the unique and the free trial offer page views and the click-through rate to the offer, the original version of this page got 11% and the treatment got 5.8%. Essentially, the control outperformed the page by 54%. But there's another way to look at that, uh, and that is that essentially depends on where you're calculating that ratio, Bob, correct? If you're calculating up to 11.07%, it's 54%, but point in case is that the, the control was about double the treatment. Would you agree with that, Bob? Yes. All right. So, so do we stop now? Let's just stay right there. Let's stop for a second. Say, what would you do as a marketer at this point? You've just got this result. Uh, you report this to management, and it appears as though it appears as though uh, the entire test is a bomb. My goodness, your control is doing horrible. Let's see what happened next. So we learned then adding email, kind of the capture, email capture decreased click-through rate. We thought it would. But based on our previous test results, we weren't surprised by that. So it led us to the first half of the primary research question. That's which article path, the control of the treatment, that's A or B, would produce higher lead generation results. So we know we're getting way uh we're, we're getting less click through, but what's the what's the relative impact on leads? So even though the control article page did not have an email capture field on it, if visitors clicked through to the next page, the offer page, they were asked for their email address, name and credit card information. On the treatment article page, we already had the email capture field, and so we just pre-populated it into the next field. In the meantime, we, of course, were able to capture an email address. So let's look at this visually. Gabby, I'm, I've got the path in front of me right now, and I'm going to let you explain uh, that. Uh, John, the free trial offer page is not clear on that for some reason, as it is in my diagram. I see an issue with the slide itself. So just find out what that is. But Gabby, go ahead. He's, he's changing again. Keep going. We're just okay, making sure so you're going to... The slide is, is illustrating uh, the different pages that the visitor will see going through the funnel. Starting with uh, the top left, you have the article page. Then they will see, once they click on the green arrow, uh, they will see the free trial offer, which had about five fields. And then the next page is uh, the bottom to the left, the account setup page. That, um, which, I mean, just require information about the, the account setup and, and the password. With okay. uh, those fields, then the visitor really uh, finishes the, the sign-up and they see the confirmation page. Okay. All right. So now let's go quickly to the next page. John, move this forward if you would. We'll come back and show them the free trial. It's, it's right there. 
It's the same page. If you couldn't see it on the previous slide, you can see it there. Go ahead, Gabby. Do you, you want to add anything to this particular slide for us? No, just to clarify to the audience, I mean, the free trial, the offer page is the same. Uh, we didn't change anything on the three pages, only the call to action on the article page. So the only difference uh, that you will see is that the article page here has a call to action with an email capture, and when uh, the visitor landed in the offer page, the email field was pre-populated with, with the email, of course. So the bottom line is we captured the email address before we took them to the next page. All right, and, and with that in mind, look at the results. Uh, we got 5,722% more leads for obvious reasons. Uh, with the control, because there was email capture, we got 373 emails. With the treatment, we got 43,352 emails. Bottom line is that's a lot more people to market to, particularly if you're going to upsell, cross-sell, or recover. And you should be upselling, cross-selling, and recovering in all of your processes virtually. Now, adding email capture to the article page significantly increased lead generation even though our first finding showed it increased friction and anxiety and decreased click-through to the offer page. So now we had our leads, and we had many of them, which leads to the next research question. Will a recovery email campaign using those leads increase the free trial conversion rate? I want to just stop right there, and I'm going to ask my audience a very important question. And that is, all right, so now we have 43,000 more leads to talk to than we had with the control path. Which path, control or treatment, do you think produced the overall highest free trial conversion rate? So uh, I, want, I want you to tell me uh, what you think. Treatment, treatment, treatment. I'm watching them come in. Susan Stewart, Susan, Damon, David. Treatment. Julia says treatment. Jan says treatment. I'm watching. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm counting. I want to see your vote. I see control. From Brian, uh, the treatments definitely have it. So far, I've had one person say control, uh, treatment, 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 treatment. Uh, Robert uh, is is being clever and says if it weren't the treatment, we probably wouldn't be having this call. <laughs> Don't you can't do that at marketing experiments. We will give you a call with negative data if we think there's something to learn from it. <laughs> All right, I I'm I'm seeing more votes. Keep going. Let me see John slide down. All right, good. Good. It's interesting. All right, now think of think of what you just said, and let me then help you to think whether or not you would agree with what I'm going to show you next as being the best way to do it. And more importantly, look at this and ask yourself how you think this would impact your answer or influence your answer. Adding email capture to the article page significantly increased lead generation even though our first findings showed the increased friction and anxiety. So we had to do something about this. Let's look at the test design. We sent out two emails. I'm going to show you the emails in a moment. The first was sent one hour after the incomplete free trial. So remember, we have 43,000 names that we can speak to this way. And the other way, we have 343, but we have people who are further in the process typically. The first was sent out one hour after the incomplete free trial sign-up. The second was sent 24 hours later. There's almost no reason to send it 24 hours later. Uh, I'll tell you this on a side note if you're trying to do this. 
you, you, you want to do the 24 hour later, but you actually want to send the first one not one hour. You want to send it within 15 minutes, within 10 minutes. We've learned this from subsequent experiments. It's not in this briefing. Uh, it probably won't be in the, in the printed version that we release in a short while here, but I think you should know it if you've logged in here. It's more effective if you send it very, very close. And by the way, what we're showing you right here is something that we originally pioneered several years ago. Now there's many companies doing it. Not a lot, but many. If you're not trying to recover your lost carts this way, you're leaving lots of money. doesn't matter whether it's lead gen form or whether it's an e-commerce cart. Now, with that in mind, bear this thought, too. We just tried this same test with someone else, and we got a 56% increase. That's huge for a company. That's huge because we're not talking about somebody that's just coming into a uh, the beginning of a process, but we're, we're right there late in the funnel where it means revenue to the bottom line. It means revenue off the same marketing effort, off the same marketing budget. All right, so let's see what happened. Here's the email. Dear customer, you recently tried to activate a free trial of blank, blank, blank. I want you to notice the tone of the email. This is truncated, but get the sense of this email. It's very, very customer service oriented. It's short paragraphs. It looks like plain text, even if it's HTML, so that you can trace uh, more metrics. It has a helpful tone. There's no hype. There's no persuasion. There's, there's no, look, and if you respond in the next 15 minutes, you'll also receive. All of that is gone. Uh, and so if you try this uh, yourself, make it an email that serves the customer, makes the tone customer service, and absolutely destroy any kind of sales tone. For one thing, it will keep you from being thought of as, as simply spamming them after they didn't complete the process. And for another, it's just better for the customer, which is how we all need to think. And keeping that in mind, look at the next email. In this is the one that came 24 hours later. Uh, if you compare this, it says, did you have a problem with our system? Let's go back to the earlier email. Uh, is there anything we can do to help? It, and you notice it says your email address you entered was blank. You tried to activate your trial on blank. It's very, very specific. So you can tell that they're not just blanketing an email to you, but this is about you. This is customer service. And then this, is there anything we can do to help? Isn't that better than coming at them with, uh, there's still time to complete your order, you know, and receive your free trinket? Back up now. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to the other one. In this one, we have to change it, but only slightly. It says, did you have a problem with our system? There are two ways you can get immediate help with your free trial activation. And we show them how to do it, and this time, we offer them a phone number. We didn't in the first email because it cost to use that phone line. We waited to the second one to use the free phone line to get them into the process. That, of course, needs to be tested. Now, we use the PS just like a direct mailer for a high-impact statement. Look at this. If you do not respond to this email, we will remove your information from the incomplete form, and you may miss out on this opportunity. That implies you're not going to get spam, so please don't complain about this email. It also tells you time is running out, and it does it in a polite way. And whereas in the first email, the one prior to this, we're just trying to be helpful and get them back. In this one, we're adding an urgency factor because we know that makes a big difference. 
And you need to experiment. If you do this, don't try this once or twice. The, the tone of the email needs to be tested. And if those, many of you have been in our incentives clinics or have taken our certification courses on this, it's in the second email that you add a strong incentive. Sometimes the first, but clearly have a strong incentive ready. That's what I would do to improve this process right now if I were doing it over. So you all voted on this. The treatment recovery emails had almost no impact on the free trial conversion rate. For some reason, the data shows only four free trials were completed using the email campaign. Now, that is atypical. And let's just stop for a second. This is why you must test. This is why marketing is uh, testing. You know, marketing is a relationship. It's a conversation. And just like in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with my wife, I often have to test my understanding, and I will often say things to her, and I'm not, I mean, it's just, I don't intend it to be humorous, but it probably is. I'll have to say things like, and I was taught this. I have to say things to her like, uh, sweetheart, are you saying this to me? And I'll repeat back to her what I think she said to make sure that I'm, I'm communicating properly. It's the same principle that actually underscores the reason we test. We just don't know what's in the mind of this person until we actually run the test, and we've got to know this. And I would tell you that nine out of ten times when I run a test like this, I have a blowout success. Choose, Inc. Here we were running this massive test, four free trials completed using the email campaign. Now, I'd like to rerun the test. I've, we've done all the validity checks. It seems to be valid, but it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, off the t I just don't understand why we didn't receive more of these activations. I don't understand it yet, but we shall. Moral of this story thus far is, I don't care how likely it is, test it, test it, test it. But we're not done. As I mentioned in the beginning of this program, uh, you're, you're, you're kind of in a marketing soap opera at this present moment. And, and it's one of the reasons that we, we want to remind all of our listeners to these, these briefings and those that are our subscribers, uh, what we have learned most of all in marketing is that we don't know as much as we thought we knew and that we better keep testing if we're really going to learn. And so what we did now is ask this second half of our primary research question, which article page produced a higher free trial conversion rate? Now, now you, you may not be clear on what I mean now. So what I'm really trying to figure out right now is, and Bob, tell me if I'm wrong in, in, the, in the way you and Peg have overseen this. Peg Davis is on the phone. She's one of the primary writers for the journal. You may be reading her posts in the blog. And Peg, you're welcome to jump in at any time also. But the, the real question now is, okay, so we only got four more in the cart, but if you go back and look at everything, which path produced the most money? Is that where we're at at this point, Bob? That's correct. So, uh, and, and I, I refer to Bob on this because before we produce this data, in his role in our sciences group, he validates all the data sets. That's what he's been doing. Can I say something about that before I go on? I am appalled that often I see people throwing around the word research on the Internet. We do this research. We do that research. We're a research company. And when you get down to it, the methodology is flimsy. Be careful. Don't believe every survey that you read. I see whole, whole 
declarations being built around a survey that has, you know, 50 people or, 50, or 400 people, but they're from the same sampling, uh, meaning that survey after survey is influencing them before we get to the next survey. I, I'm not faulting anyone. I, I'm, not picking any, I'm not picking any fights, but I've watched the word research on the Internet become more and more meaningless. Everyone claims to be doing research, but they're not doing it with the kind of rigor it deserves. People are basing not just marketing decisions, but their careers on this stuff. We need to do it right, and it needs to be valid. And, and that doesn't mean we won't make a mistake, uh, but we'll tell you when we do. And we, we go through a pretty rigorous validation process. So, so Bob, that's why uh, I'm, I'm grateful for one of the things that you do here in our sciences group. But look at the data now. Let's just get to the data. Here I am, finding three. So if you go back and look at all this, it takes, this chart's worth spending some time on. You might, you, might, you might get a gain yourself if you pay attention to this. The article page, there's the uh, number of visitors to control, the free trial offer page views. So we, we saw the number of views. The free trial sign-ups, way more, way more under the treatment. Look at that. 316 free trial, and under the treatment, 124. But the, uh, the conversion from the article page to confirmation, notice the difference, and the conversion rate offer page to confirmation. Here's what you need to understand. The treatment path from the article page to the confirmation, now that means really from concept to money, outperformed the control path, Still, by 15%. I want to talk about that 15%. I'm still testing that number. It's been validated, uh, but I'm not certain of it yet. And we're not certain of it yet. But it appears to be 15%. It may be less, but at present, it appears to be 15%. Experiment is done in general, but we're still going back and studying the data sets. The treatment path from offer page to confirmation outperformed the control path, get this, by 150%. Now, Gabby, just take a moment and explain that to everyone. Sure. Um, what we saw was when you look at the funnel, starting from the article page, uh, especially in the treatment, you can see uh, that fewer people click uh, on the new treatment. Sorry. Uh, the, the people that click on the new treatment were twice as likely to finish uh, the free trial activation. So that's when you see the 150% increase. I mean, starting from the offer page to the confirmation, people were, more, uh, were twice as likely uh, to the ones that saw the control to complete the free trial. Very, very good. Now, this is where trade-offs come in, and, and we need to study the concept of trade-offs for just a, a bit of this. So. I want to kind of take you through this um, and, and help you understand trade-offs. Yes. If I might, Flint, um, uh, a few words uh, perhaps of, of clarification. Um, the, uh, we, we certainly expected to see um, the conversion rate from offer page to confirmation um, increase um, because we expected some dropout as, uh, as we began in the first part of the test. Uh, we certainly expected that by asking for an email uh, address when it wasn't there very early in the process. Um, remember, we started with the article page, then we went to the offer page, uh, then we went to 
um, to the sign-up page, and then we went to the confirmation page. So um, the article page, the control article page, um, did not have email capture, and so there was a um, there was a, a giving click-through rate. When we pulled the email capture forward to the article page from where it was on the on the uh, on the offer page, we expected to see a reduction in click-through, and and we in fact, as you said, did see that, and. And that's relevant to that last uh, column, the uh, conversion rate offer page to confirmation. Um, those who have already provided their email addresses are more highly qualified, if you will. Um, they, they've now given us the, the tremendous asset of um, the, the, um, the email address. And if they were willing to go through that step, um, then they are more highly qualified. Um, and so the conversion rate, once they've reached the offer page, uh, through uh, the confirmation page, um, you know, it would be expected to be higher, and, and it in fact is. I mean, the uh, the, the essence is that um, we uh, we in fact got you know the uh, the article page to confirmation page was the um, surprise, if you will. Uh, we got the leads. the 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 whole uh, experiment series was about uh, about lead generation, getting more leads. And the and the, um, the the beauty um, or the perhaps the unexpected uh, aspect of that was that we were able to generate 5,000 uh, percent more uh, leads and still achieve a substantial uh, increase in um, in end-to-end um, yes. conversion. All right, now now let me just say this for those of you on the line: think about it like this, because there is some really. I just want to give you a preview. I'm going to answer some questions, but I've got some slides showing this in more depth and, and trying to answer some of the more rigorous questions that probably come here that will apply to you. So stand by, because I'm not done yet. I think that I think what we're going to say next is, is going to be helpful, but I want to make one point of explanation, and then I want to take some audience questions that I think are good, intelligent questions here. So here's something for you to think about. Trade-offs are so important. But the problem that we do is we turn trade-offs into unnecessary compromises. That's, this is a bit of, you know, I'm trained as a philosopher, and this is a bit of philosophy, but let me use this to help you create some dials on your website. This will work in other areas besides lead generation, but let's take lead generation. If you are trying to get more people through your process, more people to complete your process in a lead generation form, what you will often do is wrestle with each other because if you make it too easy on the front end, you'll get a lot of poor quality leads, and it costs money to work poor quality leads. It costs telephone time. It costs wasted energies. So you're kind of stuck. You want more high-quality leads, and here's what you do that's a grave mistake. You conflate two different kinds of improvements. You try to improve the number of leads and the quality of leads with the same page or the same process or the same test. That's a bad idea. Here's how I've helped companies in the past in my research to solve the problem. Separate the two issues. On the one hand, you want the most leads you can get. On the other hand, you want the best quality of leads you can get. So here's what you do. You make two dials, and you dial them up and down. Let me show you what, you, what that looks like. The first page in the lead generation process should at least capture the basic lead information, and it should be optimized to get the most possible people to begin the process or to give you a lead. I mean, it should be uh, really, really optimized to get the most people into the funnel. Now you make a second page. Bear in mind, you've already captured email address. You've already captured some contact information. 
But now in the second page, you create what I call the lead filter. Now, the lead filter is a page that asks for more information, and what you do with that second page is dial up its, its difficulty by adding or subtracting fields and the complexity of fields. Using the friction factor, you can, you can make it more difficult and thus improve the quality of the leads that come through the filter. You can use the number or complexity of fields like a dial on a television set or a dial on your on a radio, and you basically dial up the difficulty, at which point you improve the quality of the lead or dial it down. But try to do that on the same page. Two dials will create a cancellation effect. So you're solving the trade-off without doing an unnecessary compromise by separating processes and optimizing both. On the one hand, you optimize the number of leads. On the other hand, you optimize the quality of those leads. Keep the processes separate and keep the tests separate. And what you can literally do is go to your management and say, well, yes, I can get more leads to the pipeline, but we're going to see, we're going to see a trade-off in quality. And management says, right now we need more leads. We can't afford to lose one opportunity. So you slightly dial down the second page and leads pour in. Or you have two tiers of leads. And that high-volume group of lead you give to one kind of marketing effort. And that lower-volume group of lead, you I mean, that, that higher-quality lead, you give to a more um, costly, uh, more calculated marketing effort. Learn to take trade-offs and, as much as possible, eliminate unnecessary compromise. Do you see how that can help you? Even It, it matters in retail, too. We'll talk about that in a, in a different way. So let's look close, closely at two calls to action again side by side because there's a big question here. In fact, let's go back to it. Why did conversion to the free trials increase? Did preloading the email address and the offer page really make that much difference? Here's the two side by side. Now, which one of these actually produced the highest conversion to free trial? Well, it was the orange button. Correct, Bob? That's so, correct. Let's, let's, you know, someone talked about color. What happened? Well, here's what we started to understand. It feels like the email field is all you have to do to complete the process, so you get the free trial and you read the full article. The small upfront commitment communicated with a call to action contributes to the increased conversion to the free trial. We talked about that. Clarity was increased. The text is larger, it's easier to read, and it reemphasized the fact that the offer is free. All right? So it, you say, where does it reemphasize it? In the blue text above the orange button, we make it real clear, right down there, real clear. This is still free. That's very important. Changing the button from green to orange drew the customer's eyes more effectively. That's the reason for that, and we've found over and over again that an orange button typically uh, has more impact on the iPath. It also says, tell us where to send your login instructions. Now, I think that's both a positive and potentially a negative, but it, it does provide real clarity as to what's going to happen uh, next in the process, and there's a, some comfort that can be derived from that. Here's the key point. The more effective the call to action designed on the optimized article page convinced more visitors to complete the sign-up. The, the orange button in that, in that particular field was more effective and more people completed the sign-up. And we've seen this many times, and I could talk more about it, and I'm going to send you more about it in the briefing, but I want to stop right now, and I want to take your questions. Now, we might even look at some websites, but I need to know from you right now what your most important questions are. 
So I'm going to read through many that have come in, and I'm going to ask you to resubmit a question if I haven't answered it automatically, because some of you asked questions earlier that we've already answered. If you still have a question, would you please send that to us right now, and we'll look at that, and we'll see if we haven't answered the main questions. Now, your questions now do not have to be about this process. They can be about your own problem, and if it relates to the subject that we're talking about right now, we'll try to help you. Okay? So, does the amount double of unique visitors have an effect on the results? Bob, some people saw, let's go back to that. It's a good question. Some people saw this part on the chart. In fact, I'm going to go forward to the master chart. Some people saw the fact that we had 853,000 and 427,000 here. Now, I know that I want to just explain to them why there's more on that particular one and how that didn't in particular impact the process. Go ahead, Bob. Okay. Um, the um, all of the data is um, is aggregated, so you'll see the free the number of uh, free trial signups, um, but the uh, the number of um, uh, addresses captured is normalized for the uh, for the amount of traffic. Um, the period of the uh, of the test was 10 days, and so the the rate of um, of capture. Uh, and the rate of um, of the signups um, are what's used for forecasting. Uh, you'll notice that the differences are uh, are measured in the rates and not the raw uh, numbers. So when we measure the benefit, we're measuring um, the what would happen if all of the traffic had been had gone to the control page versus uh, what would happen. You know, what, what's the impact on revenue? What's the impact on on capture? Um, if all of the traffic had gone to the treatment page. All right. Now, so essentially that the larger number it was immaterial to the test result. It, of course, took a larger number because the treatment had less people click through uh, from, you know, from the process in any event. Uh, and we could talk more about that in just, I think, uh, in a little bit. Uh, but And, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but what I'd like to do right now is get on these relevant questions that people are asking about their own sites. So, Let's start. Someone says, when is the PowerPoint available on, on your website? It's not a PowerPoint. It's a full briefing. It's a journal issue. I think you're a subscriber if, uh, if you've joined this clinic, but make sure you're a subscriber to the Marketing Experiments Journal and make certain that you have got your filters not blocking it because you're going to need that to read the article. We'll send it out to you. Someone said, what if you'd asked for the first name and then tested personalizing the email recovery? That's an interesting test that might be worth testing. I think that's a good idea, Seth, and, and we've done some tests like that. And we may do some more of that uh, in the future, but I think that's a good idea. Uh, as far as can spam compliant, Aaron, good question. The issue is if you have any, since this comes as a customer service message, we've never had an issue, but you can always add a, pre, a, a checkbox in the order process when you capture your email address that says something like this, contact me in the event my order is, uh, I have difficulties with my order, or use this only to contact me, in the, or, or tell them you're going to only use this email address uh, in conjunction with the order itself or the process they're signing up for. Uh, there's a way to do that and be compliant, and we've done that in, in cases where it seemed right. Someone's asking me a very important question for all of you e-commerce sites. What about shopping carts? And the answer is we tried this and learned this and discovered this working with shopping carts before we ever did it with subscription pass. And what you do is during the first part of the process, you capture their email address right away, and then if they don't complete the, the cart, you send them a recovery email right away within five to ten minutes. And 
you know, they'll get on a phone call and then not complete their order, and then they can't get back to it or things change. So you send them that and a link in the cart, I mean in the email, back to the cart where their products are already waiting for them. And you generally send three, sometimes two is sufficient. I'd send one in 10 minutes, one an hour. In my first test, one in 10 minutes, one an hour, and, and then one a bit later, and I'd add an incentive to some of those emails to try and drive up more people to get back. I've had – I don't think I've had – I, can, I don't think I can ever think of when we didn't have a significant success in retail uh, e-commerce doing this, although there may be a case. There probably is a case uh, uh, that my team would think of. Uh, do you think asking something – let me just go down here just a little bit more. New questions. Uh, were both versions used simultaneously? Yes, this was an A-B uh, uh, test. Uh, oh, yeah, Tim Frank says from from, from Hanson Clothing – who we did an experiment like this with, that they're that they're getting a 41% increase in cart recovery on this. Tim, that's a that's a congratulations, man. That's tremendous. I'm glad to see that, and I'm glad to see it's holding. There's a classic example of why you ought to think about how you can use this in your own situation. Uh, is it possible that something went wrong with our four, getting only four responses? Yes, uh, that's. Uh, I, I think if I pronounce that Raylene, I think it is possible, and we may need to run the test again because you don't always find the validity issues. Uh, so let me see any, uh, any other questions. All right, I've got eight minutes. It's. Uh, I've got almost the entire audience from the beginning still online. For those of you hardy people who've waited this long, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to actually take somebody right now to their own site and give you a quick, quick look at their site. And see if I can help you. So this is this is for many of you that uh, we found one of the most popular things in these conferences. Is, are, are, it really comes from people who want to know how to apply this to their own website. Shoot me a URL. I'm going to go to one right now and see if I can help somebody. All right. I'm watching the URLs come in, and uh, and uh, I'm going to pick one. All right. I'm looking. I'm seeing shoppingdelights.com, sylvan.com, ehealthinsurance.com, execunet.com. There's many of them coming in. Um, I see the Seller's Lounge, Graphics Factory, Palmer Cash. Some of these I'm telling you so you can go look at these sites. Uh, uh, it can't hurt by by telling you who's online. Extremely gifted. Um Pocket PC Mag, Payscale.com. I'm gonna Payscale.com's done it two times. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you guys a crack at it. All right. So let's look at this before we go. Uh, Payscale.com. Just a second. Browser problem. All right. We're going there. Let's look at this site. Get accurate. Real-time sell reports based on your job title, location, education, skills, and experience. All right. So here is a good way to figure out, I suppose, that you or someone else is getting paid properly. Get a free customized sell report continue. First of all, this is a pretty good page. I'm impressed. Are your meetings worth every penny? I'm not sure why you'd want to take me off of this particular thing. But I'm going to go as an employee, and I'm going to hit continue and see what happens. Let's look at their process. Right. 
Uh, page is loading slowly, but we have to assume that's because of bandwidth issues. All right. Now, I see a field. If you're if we're looking at yours right now, this is uh page scale, this is Susan. Susan, how many pages is this process? Email tell me how many pages are the process. Audience, I want you to look at the first page. Here it is. It's probably take a moment to come. And then look at the second page, which I'm going to show you again in a moment, and give me your suggestions quickly. What would you do to optimize the process? Wow. All right, there's a lot of pages in your process. Depends on the job title. Uh, email capture, Andrew says. Name an email, name an email first, email address in the first page. You guys are learning. Keep the same look. Form is hard to read. Put it in on the first page. Put the second page on. All right. Uh, the first thing I would probably do is do, well, let me let you let, drop down box, call to action on the button. That's a good point. More congruence, good point. Get rid of the blue bars. Very good point. Uh, very good point. Second page, more visual emphasis on the form. First page, keep it short and larger on the second page and keep the process shorter. All right, let's just back up. I'm going to try to help you, Susan. We've had a lot of suggestions. I think showing the actual sample of the report on the right-hand side is very good. I think the ability to say what it is you do for somebody this fast is very good. I think that continue is good, but the button could be stronger and could have better language on it, and it would get more click-through. I think I would question whether or not you could break this site out so that you didn't have to give people a choice between all four of these issues before they could enter your database, and I'd probably have separate landing pages for any outside channels driving traffic to these pages in particular. I think that once people clicked on this and went to the next page, I would do something else. I would lose the blue bars because anytime you put something like this across, what you typically do is create in the iPath obstacles to going further. Uh, if you're going to keep the blue bars, then lighten the color of blue uh, significantly. I do think you show me something here that's interesting up in the upper right, and you've got something in the headline here that's selling, but I probably would have something a little bit stronger here as I move through the process to keep them going. If it is eight steps and it has to be eight steps, then uh, I would give incentives about a third of the way through for those people who continue, a free report or something additional, a bonus, as they complete the process. I think the audience correctly identified the fact that even if I went through the first page and the second page and I didn't complete the process, I still don't have an email uh, or you still don't have my email to get me back in the process or remarket to me. And so looking here, one of the most important things I do is capture the email way earlier in the process. All of those things could be implemented rather easily, and I think they would make a significant difference for you. I also think there are no credibility indicators on the site. And in fact, Chris uh, mentions here that there's no B2B logos, or, or, or uh, and, and I just think the whole idea of of a a credibility indicator as I start this process that makes me feel like this information I'm giving you is safe and secure is required. There's also no reference here to the fact that there is a privacy policy. If there is, it's below any kind of fold. The little lock that you have down below the bottom blue line will not be seen. It looks like copyright information. Elevate the protection of privacy statement into the iPath so anyone who's concerned, put it right there by the next button so they know that you're not going to give away their information and say it real clearly, real clearly to protect them. Increase the size of your headline on the page because the millions of unique salary profiles to compare with isn't quite strong enough and it may need to be reworded. In either case, it's attractive, but it's too small. 
Uh, Aaron Rosenthal is on the line right now. Aaron, is there anything you'd add to this to this statement? I know you're muted. Go ahead. I, I think you hit most of it. Uh, the one thing I would ask is if it's eight pages long, the uh, the order process, can you consolidate some of that information where you're still asking the same questions but consolidate the number of pages? Because what you're, every time you click, every time you make them click to go to the next page to capture some some information, you're going to have attrition. Yes, absolutely. So I, I, would certainly, absolutely. I would certainly look at consolidating some of those pages. And absolutely. And it's possible consolidating some of the forms. Absolutely. Uh, just to the audience, we're out of time, but I, I, I'd like to hear, you know, I always ask for your feedback. We always read it. We have a massive study that includes everything you've submitted in terms of suggestions, and we categorize and quantify them. And Bob Kemper gives me a, a major metric that says this is what people are teaching us who are attending our, our, our clinics. Today was granular, deep, a single case study. It was necessary to make the point. However, I'd love to hear if you found this helpful because it's a little bit different than what we've done before. Would you please give me your response to this? We'd be very grateful for that. In the meantime, we're out of time, and I was supposed to make a couple of announcements. Uh, I think one of those is that we won't be having a clinic during Thanksgiving week because, as we know, many of you will be on holiday, but we'll resume our regular schedule after that. If you don't know a regular schedule, we do a briefing like this uh, on our experiments twice per month, and uh, you're invited to be part of that. Also, uh, you know, we recently, if you've read the media, we recently acquired through MEC Labs, our holding company, uh, Brian Carroll's group. Uh, it's uh, you're probably familiar with Brian Carroll and InTouch at startwithalead.com. I'm really excited about the new research that we're going to be able to do together through that acquisition. It allows us to do all kinds of other tests that will help you, I think, as we try so hard to discover what works and to get the information to you. If you found these clinics helpful, my only request is that you please tell a friend. All we uh, rely on is just you talking about us uh, and telling people if you find it useful. Thank you for your trust, and we'll keep working, and I'm watching right now to uh, to listen to your uh, or to read and think about your comments. Thank you again.